name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We are in season three, and this is episode 13. I hope everybody's uh, hope everybody's hanging in there. I hope not too many people are going going stir crazy. Um, well, we've got a really interesting interview today with Alex Zvetsky. And for the people who don't know who that is, he is the founder and creator of Amber App, okay, which is uh, essentially uh, it's a, a dollar cost averaging platform, but it's also just a standard uh, Bitcoin purchasing platform, uh, which is not available in the U.S. yet. Um, but uh, he is going to be working on it. But that, anyways, that's not really the goal of our conversation. We just totally get into all kinds of stuff, uh, everything from you know from shitcoining to philosophy to all kinds of you know all kinds of fun. Anyways, it's a really great conversation. Alex is a super cool dude. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get into the interview, okay, we're just going to talk about Swan Bitcoin. Okay, it's the first official sponsor of my podcast. And I'm really happy because they are a Bitcoin only company. And besides the really sleek UX, um, what you really got to remember with Swan Bitcoin, you can do automatic withdrawals from the bank, automatic purchase of BTC, and not only that, but you can actually withdraw to whichever wallet you choose. So they really give you the freedom and flexibility to dollar cost average um, at your own pace so that you can build on your own. So that is swanbitcoin.com. Check them out. All right, guys, here we go. Here is my awesome discussion with Mr. Alex Zvetsky. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host. Phil, and joining me today is fellow toxic Bitcoin maximalist, Alex Zvetsky. And um, Alex actually contributes quite a bit to the Bitcoin space by way of uh, being the CEO of Amber App and also the editor at Bitcoin Times. And we're going to dive into those two a little bit later on. But first, we're going to say hello and welcome, Alex. What's, What's up, Phil? What's Thanks happening? For, um... Thanks for having me on, brother. Um, I am running around Europe, fucking ducking and dodging um, our friend Corona. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have a mask? The listeners want to know. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 you know what? I did buy a mask. Um, and I, I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, it, it, it kind of pisses me off. I spent 10 years, um, you know, kind of, you know, being a prepper and shit, like getting ready for all of this stuff. And um <laughs> And about four or five months ago, I, I kind of left Australia to go and spread amber into Europe. And, um, and typical fucking me, I picked the time that the world decides to come to an end um, <laughs> to, to, be, to be living out of a fucking suitcase. <laughs> and all my, all my prep work's gone down the toilet because I got nothing on me. And now I'm fucking stranded in Europe trying to, you know, make the most of um, what I've got with, you know, with a little backpack and a fucking duffel bag. Um, oh my God. Jesus Christ. It's a disaster, bro. <laughs> so, I mean, are you able to, I, I mean, are, are you trying to get back to Australia and you're not able to, or? Well, well now I won't be able to because I'm in, um, I'm in a region where um, we've been red zoned, so we can't get out. Okay. Um, so it's, um, I'm going to have to sort of, you know, bunker down for a little bit, wait till this shit blows over. And, um, and then figure it out. But it's like typical story of my life, man. My, I, I have the worst um, timing when it comes to anything. <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. Oh, God. 
All right. Well, you know what? I, I mean, so speaking speaking of timing, though, I I mean, to me, you're you're one of the first people that uh, that at, at, you know I, I kind of group you in the same in the same ranks uh, for for me, anyways, uh, in terms of uh, that toxic maximalism as like Pierre and uh, Francis, you know. So Thanks, you're man. you're one of the first people that uh, that really um, resonated with me on Bitcoin. So I feel like your timing couldn't have been terrible at everything. Well, touche. Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe it's a power law rule, right? So maybe twenty my twenty percent of my shit's well timed. Eighty percent is poorly timed. And let's hope it can compensate. Exactly. Let's hope that that twenty percent can totally make up for that eighty. You know, because yeah, yeah exactly. So man, let's uh, let's dive into the. Uh, I I personally don't know your rabbit hole story. I, I've I've heard interviews with you um, on on other podcasts, but I I really. Um, I, I, I think that you specifically, when you were brought on there, you, you were talking about Amber, um, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. So like when, uh, you know, when did you get in and, or even before that, like what, you know, I guess what, what led you, you know? What's All right. That? Well, um, where, where should we start, man? I, I mean, I guess how far back do you want to go? I guess, um, you know, it, it's really interesting. I'm a, the... I'm a huge fan of the the thinker behind the thoughts. So so for me, there's like there's a whole series of you know there's like a whole series of events that eventually leads a person to being the person that they are. You know, but and when, when they look back at that, they can actually trace it through specific events. Like you can actually sit there and pinpoint you know three spots or two spots and be like those two things you know changed mm-hmm. me and, and made me who I am. Well, so if you want to do it like that, you can, but you don't have yeah, to. Well... <laughs> no, let's, you know what, um, I'm going to pull out some random sort of memories and things that I think, you know, helped, you know, nudge my life into random directions, which um, have sort of led to, to this point. So um, if, if I if I think back to, you know, when I was young, and th- this is probably something I've never mentioned on any other podcast. So, you know, for those listening um, and have heard me before, um, here's some new shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, um. I grew up in a you know bit of a crazy family out sort of in what we call like the west of Sydney, sort of like the the ghetto region, right? Um, and not not the most you know affluent place um, in Australia. And you know my 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 dad was um was a bit of a fucking nutcase, and you know my parents split up when we were young, and you know me and my brother spent like fucking years in um in family courts, like you know in custody battles and all this sort of shit. And you know the the long story short was that um you know. The, the family got split up in all sorts of different ways. And, you know, I sort of stayed with my dad for a little bit, but then I ended up um, pissing off and going to live with my, my uncle, who was, um, who was more of a father to me, um, really, than my dad was. And my uncle was a bit of a, um, I guess, a bit of a, you know, old school revolutionary thinker, you know, very, very against, um, very against the establishment, against the system, you know, very freedom oriented and all that sort of stuff. But, but also, you know, now, now that I look back on it, I, I guess, you know, not entirely um, well thought out in terms of, um, you know, where, where a lot of Bitcoiners and, you know, people like you and I get along, you know, we, we sort of take the, the, you know, the more crypto anarchist sort of, um, or even the, the, the anarcho-capitalist sort of, you know, yeah. viewpoint, you know, so, so we understand the capitalist element, of, you know, this idea of, you know, production, creation, you know, value adding and all that sort of stuff. So, so, so he, he had a lot of um, the elements of, you know, anti-authoritarianism slash um, anti-establishment, but he didn't, he didn't really have the, um, you know, the, 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 the capitalist um, 
component. So, so I, I would say that he was a bit more of a, um, you know, a collectivist kind of thinker. Yes. Um, more than anything else. But, but it was interesting that that, you know, bit of um, that, that sort of exposure for me in the younger years, you know, ingrained in me like a healthy um, skepticism of, you know, the, call it the system, call it the establishment, call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. And, um, and, you know, I mean, me, me and him, we used to watch movies like, you know, Braveheart was our favorite movie. Like, and, you know, that sort of ingrained in me this, you know, really strong value for, for freedom uh, more than anything else. And, you know, I wasn't at a young age, I wasn't really exposed to like, you know, Austrian economics or any of that sort of stuff. You know, I was, I was more exposed to, um, you know, if anything, ancient Macedonian history and, you know, what Alexander the Great did and all of this sort of stuff. And, um, and then, you know, a big part of it was, um, was movies like, um, Braveheart movies like you know we you know we would watch Beef Vendetta the other oh, one was nice. um, yeah so, so and and it's just I I think those really early seeds planted some shit um, in me that um that later in life would make me um you know understand the world a little bit differently and I'd say you know d- despite like so so me and my uncle don't really talk anymore now like you know I I left um his place and left home and all that sort of stuff when i was 18 and you know the, the big argument that we had was um i'd read a book called rich dad poor dad you know if anyone's heard of it oh yeah like his, you know, classic yep and um and i i started getting interested in money as a concept or you know or, or business and all that sort of stuff and um and he, he he was you know sort of of the opinion that you know money's sort of the root of all evil and all that sort of shit so you know like he had the anti-establishment but like it was just that wrong flavor or that wrong color um and we we sort of really diverged there and and i don't know why i had a um divergent viewpoint like you know whether it was the rich dad poor dad book or whether it was just you know i I feel like i've got a not to blow smoke up mass but just the just the innate feeling for first principles kind of thinking so we we kind of clashed and i fucked up from home and i you know got a scholarship from university and i took that scholarship and um I, you know turned a couple grand into like fifty thousand dollars thought i was fucking genius and this was 2007 um and you know proceeded to lose everything and end up you know two hundred thousand dollars in debt in my you know bid to become a millionaire by the time i was 20 and um and it was just it was just a fucking crazy period and, and that sort of then threw me into you know, a couple of the next influences in my life, which were, um, you know, I did, I did a bunch of um, Tony Robbins stuff, which sort of really inspired me in different ways. And then I did, um, did um, kind of went down the whole, if you remember back in, you know, 2010, like the rise of, um, you know, Mark Faber and Gerald Salente and Mike oh, Maloney yeah. and all, all, all the, all the like early gold bugs that, that, you know, even, you know, Peter Schiff back then and Doug Casey and all those guys were just really starting to, um, to emerge. And, you know, they were talking about the end of the world and all this sort of shit. And, you know, I, I sort of, you know, became you know, gold bug and, you know, went down that rabbit hole. And that was sort of my real first exposure to, you know, a bit of the understanding of, um, you know, more like, sound economics or you know call it the austrian economic school and i didn't do much digging but i just inherently you know understood you know just some of the core principles um of it and yeah man i'd say probably in 2012 like you know first in a passing sort of moment heard about bitcoin like a lot of people did at that time particularly the gold bugs um i'm pretty sure i saw max kaiser jumping up and down on a fucking couch saying buy bitcoin and i was like jesus christ the cunt's lost his mind 
Um, <laughs> so I just kind of stayed in gold and silver to my to my everlasting um, regret. And um, and yeah, man, I kind of you know my life took multiple turns. You know, I've always been entrepreneurial. You know, I've had multiple different businesses, whether in renewable energy and health and fitness. Like I ran a gym at one stage. I ran a a chain of fucking hospitality. So I've, I've done all sorts of shit, and you know, so, some have been relatively successful, and some have been absolute disasters um, where I've you know lost everything and had to start again. So you know, my, my life took all these random turns, and it was really <clears throat> in um in 2016. And see, throughout that time, I kind of, I never lost touch with you know my my anti-authoritarian, anti-establishment kind of viewpoints, and you know, it was really. Yeah, 2016, where um, I had another interesting life event, and um, I got Steve Jobs basically out of my own company that I'd founded. Um, had a dispute with the board, and you know they booted me out of my own business. Um, and it was that was my catalyst to kind of look for something else again. And what did I find? Fucking Bitcoin, and it turned out to be the um, the greatest gift possible and man i've been drinking the kool-aid ever since that is freaking awesome i, I want to go back to uh to touch on some stuff that you uh that you talked about you were talking about your your favorite movie growing up was braveheart um mm -hmm. and uh, you were mentioning that uh you know your, your father had exposed you to you know like uh these you know like these types of like you know kind of anti-establishment type of movies did you guys ever happen to stumble upon the movie from the, I believe it's from the late 70s. It's called The Network with, uh, I, I believe it's with Sidney Poitier, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's, um, is that the one where um, the the reporter is on the um, TV? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he loses um, his and He loses, he his, loses shit. his shit. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We, um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't remember if we fucking watched that movie or if I just used to, because I, I was like, you know, balls deep in youtube at that time and i was watching all these sorts of clips so and i remember that clip so much it's like you know we're mad as hell yes and we're not gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. it's a classic one so I, I don't i don't man it's it's been such a long time now i, I don't remember if we watched it but I, I definitely know what you're talking about. It's a great, great movie. And and to be perfectly honest, like once I started getting sucked into that type of stuff, it, it led to movies like uh, Logan's Run, um, mm -hmm. Soylent Green, you know, movies like that, you know, where, where people like, I don't know if you ever saw Logan's Run, but... No, I haven't, no. Oh, dude, you're, you're going to freak out when you watch these movies. So Logan's Run, like everybody at, at a certain age, all of a sudden, quote unquote, renews. Okay, so mm -hmm. so you have this like everybody has this kind of like um, kind of like a sensor on their hand and it changes mm -hmm. as you grow up. It changes colors. And then eventually I, I think it turns like red or black. I don't remember what color. And at that point, you're too old and you must renew. And they pretty much what they do is they kill you. Um, oh, OK. Yeah. And it's like essentially what they end up like, you know, the, they end up escaping like some people end up escaping out of this and they actually find a person who did not renew and is now very old. And they were like, we had never seen a person like you. So it's it's mm -hmm. very interesting. It has to do with the whole kind of like people living in a bubble and not thinking outside of it or not even really realizing what it is that they're doing. They're just following customs. And I mean, yeah, you know, these people questioning, yeah. yeah, you know, the whole society cheers is like everybody goes and kills themselves at a certain age for no freaking apparent reason. 
you know <laughs> and Soylent Green is you know kind of like I don't know if you ever saw that but that's no, also neither. a similar type of story right like collectivist society where mm -hmm. these these people don't question anything and what happens is is when you die you know like everybody that dies they turn you into food and that's what the soil and green is it's hell. Okay. oh dude man you, are these, these are like movies new or no, these, these are old, old movies man from the 70s from the mid and late 70s hold on i am typing this shit down so, so... <laughs> what so, was the first one again uh, the first one is logan's run Logan's Run, okay. Yeah, and the second one is Soylent Green. <laughs> like Soylent, like, like the like, shit that all the boy boys are eating these days? Uh, maybe. It's S-O-Y-L-E-N-T. T, yeah. okay, holy crap. Yeah, that's, that's the crap that they're selling in Silicon Valley to everyone. Is it? All right, like, well, it yeah. might be people. Who knows? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've this in the seventies, anyways. It's um, yeah. So th these are like, but th just to go back on that. So you'll you'll definitely appreciate those when you watch those. You'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't see these sooner. But um, yeah, well, it was the same for me when um, I, I mean, because I only recently read Brave New World and um and uh, nineteen eighty four, right? I mean, nineteen eighty four fucking was like the ending was just you know disturbing, man, because like th there was no like happy closure to it in fact neither in brave new world right that they're both like really like shit endings i was like fucking hell like oh yeah <laughs> it's um you know whereas i also read um ayn rand's anthem recently as well and and that one had like a great ending obviously because you know he and the he and the girl managed to you know get out um and i'm sorry if i've just fucked that up for somebody who hasn't no, read you, it yet but, um, you know what I, I don't understand how people get get fucked up when somebody tells you the ending the whole point is the journey it makes no difference what the end of the story is who cares <laughs> it's like i don't know people tell me endings like oh did i just ruin that for you i'm like no it's not like i saw the movie <laughs> you know, like, yeah touche yeah or read the yeah, book <laughs> um yeah man so it's uh so that's pretty. Yeah. Cool. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't read. Uh, I, I didn't read Anthem. Um, Brave New World. That's not. I, I always get confused uh, between. It, that's not Alduis Huxley, is it? It is. It is. It, it is, is Alduis Huxley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. get confused. But yeah, he writes some amazing stuff, man. Uh, Brave mm. New World. Uh, Doors of Perception, which is also amazing. Um, and I believe one of them that encompasses like a lot of his writings is the Perennial Philosophy. That, philosophy. that okay. is a sick book of his and that guy was so ahead of his time like his mind see like you know it, it's interesting right like we have all this technology and shit but like we didn't get to preserve any of these great minds like people will argue yeah well we did you know through their writings but that's not enough man that's like i don't know you know it's it's like just surface yeah yeah well i mean i guess that that's a that's a hard one as well because it's like, um, you know, pr pr preserving a mind versus, um, you know, planting the seeds for the minds of the future. It's, um, the, the, you know, the, there's an interesting philosophical argument to be made there. It's like, you know, once a mind has, um, has played its part, you know, maybe it's time for it to, you know, move on and allow mm -hmm. the next minds to sort of take from it and, you know, create something you know different um or as different as it can be so so maybe they did play their part interesting you know? interesting i like that i uh, i'd never looked at it in that way mm. so that's pretty cool 
Um, I also wanted to touch on you mentioned uh, because I, I okay so you read poor uh, rich dad poor dad I'm I'm not a I read it too but I'm not a fan of of Robert uh, Kiyosaki I, me, I, me neither me neither yeah the totally just a fucking salesman yeah. yeah exactly he's a total fucking scam and Tony Robbins yeah. I like a little bit more um, because mm-hmm. of the way that he explains things I mean obviously at the end of the day you know he's pitching you positivity um, mm-hmm. but what I like and and this kind of goes back to some of the stuff that you were talking about, you know, about some of the stuff that you had read about Alexander the Great. Like, I feel like you would appreciate this type of material, but didn't you always want to know where Tony Robbins got his material from? You know what I mean? Like, where did these guys yeah. start? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you trace that stuff back. I, I think I, I give a lot of credit to Tony because he's he's one of those rare few, like he's yeah. stood the test of time, right? He's been around he now has. for like 40 years. And and I think the strongest element of his philosophy is personal responsibility. Yep. He's always been like that. That's his like if, if you rip off all of the, um you know, the, the surfacey stuff and all of the like the three steps to this, three steps to that and fucking 10 steps to this, like all the marketing, if you like tear it all down and really go to the core, Tony's primary message is you're responsible for yourself and you need to be resourceful enough to um to make your life better that's it that's his fucking literal message there and and i think he's just um got a really um good way of delivering that and um and cutting through people's fucking stories and their bullshit like some some of the shit that i've um some of the people that i've seen him work with and stuff like you know i i've never seen a stronger communicator pierce through and like you know break people's fucking stories down and the cunt's brutal man like if you've ever been to a like live event with him He's fucking hilarious. Like he just, he doesn't give a fuck. Um, he, he's like, you know, people think I swear a lot. Like I, I would almost argue Robin swears more than me. Like when you're at a live event with him, you like, yeah, he, the, the dude's a force of nature. I'll give, I'll give him credit where, where it's due. You know, they do say that intelligent people tend to swear a lot. So, well, <laughs> so I've heard, <laughs> but, uh, you know what, what, um, what I also wanted to add to that is, is that I, I got very interested in Tony Robbins as well, just because of, I, I appreciate the message of self-responsibility and, uh, you know, kind of that stick to you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of like mm-hmm. relentless, you know, kind of attitude. And yep. it got me thinking like, you know, where did these guys get their material from? And if you go take a look, it goes back to you. There's gentlemen like Earl Nightingale. Okay, mm-hmm. that also mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. created material like this before Tony Robbins, and, yep, yep. and before Earl Nightingale, there was uh, Napoleon Hill, and mm-hmm. Napole- yeah, yeah, yeah. Napoleon yes. Hill is like essentially the father of modern, uh, you know, we'll call it self development, you know, personal yep. self development, and he wrote a book uh, a long time ago called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that that's a classic, but I, I would argue that the 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 strongest substance of some of this stuff actually comes from a school of uh, uh, psychological thought called Adlerian psychology. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. What's it called? So, Adlerian. So um, Adlerian. Psychology. Yeah, Adlerian psychology. Yeah. So this is like what I've like because I've I'm gonna look psychology this up. for like Thank many you. many years, dude. It is like it, it is the strongest school. So so he he's he's a lot less well known than um than what do you call it? Uh, like Carl Jung and um and uh freud um, oh yeah but he, he he was also from um germany at the same time as freud was around um and his whole premise is that um again adler the, the school of adlerian psychology like a lot of psychologists and a lot of um 
modern schools of psychology, which are just basically scams, don't like Adlerian psychology because it literally just deals with the concept of um, cause and effect and you at the center of all fucking causation, meaning that um, it, you know, no, no matter what problem happens, no matter what event, no matter what circumstance, the only piece of the fucking pie that you can control um, is your own uh, reaction to it. So, so this idea, like, you know, he, he sort of goes against the Freudian school of um, psychology in the sense that, you know, Freud, you know, tries to look back um, at causation from, you know, what happened when you were a kid and, you know, what happened with your parents and sort of goes back and back and back. Whereas Adler says that shit, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is here now and the meaning you take from this current event and what you then decide to do with it. So what, what he does is he completely discards the past um, and looks at, um, you know, you in your full uh, current responsibility and the choice that you need to make moving forward. And, and for me, that like really resonates strongly with this, you know, emergent idea now of like the sovereign individual and, um, and, and a lot of other things. So I do, I highly, highly recommend, um, having a look at that there's, there's a i, I am a, i'm totally sucked in i'm listening to you right now and i'm totally sucked in this is totally my this is my stuff i like it yeah i wish me, i would have found it I, sooner thank you <laughs> dude, for me that's the basis of like if i look back at um robin's stuff like i, I would say that right there is like that's the, the base. basis nice yeah. See, like, that's exactly what I want. Like, because to me, the, I had just gotten to Napoleon Hill. And to me, I was like, okay, that's where he got, you know, he just made this. But this, yeah. this is like where that comes from. So I'm, I'm totally going down that rabbit hole. hundred <laughs> percent. This is so, this is so much deeper, man. So much deeper than um, Napoleon. Thank you. That, that is awesome because I really appreciated his work and, and his work really rung with me because, you know, like to a certain extent, like, you know, I consider myself to be a, a person of, you know, that, that fails spectacularly. So I, mm -hmm. I, I, in the meaning that I've failed over and over again, and I don't really care. All I ever really do is learn from the failure, adapt and change. So, mm -hmm. so that type of psychology, it, it totally, it, anyways, the, you know, think and grow rich type of book uh, really stuck with me. And for the, for the people that think it just has to do with money, the reason why he called it think and grow rich was just to, um, that he understood that that title would get it into the hands of more readers because people are more, you know, they're material centric. So he wanted to give it a title that would resonate with with society. But when you read it, it's not it's not just about making money. You can you can completely apply that to to your life. So I'm totally going to I'm going to look into this Adlerian psychology that that is super cool, man. Yeah, man. And, and you know what? Like, I'm also going to pick up on the word rich there, I think. Because of this fucking slowly by slowly, you know, socialist fucking mentality that's sweeping the world, like oh. the word rich has like picked up a bad connotation. Like, man, good on him for calling it think and grow rich because guess what? Like as fucking human beings, we should be trying to be rich. And now whether that's rich in, you know, monetary terms, rich in fucking emotional terms, rich in, you know, fucking productivity terms rich in every fucking element rich is a beautiful word and it's, it's picked up this fucking dirty connotation thanks to morons like your fucking bernie sanders and that fucking donkey aoc or whatever the fucking name is <laughs> like um dude like seriously it's um you know the, the rich is supposed to be a a a state that we should strive for in in whatever element or, or whatever um uh you know area of our life um you know we we value so 
fuck it, think and grow rich, bro. Oh, I totally agree, man. Right on. Absolutely. So, um, all right. So let's, uh, let's dive into the, uh, let's dive into Amber app, you know? So this sure. is a, uh, th- this is a dollar, co- uh, dollar cost averaging platform mm-hmm. that, uh, th- that, that, that you came up with. And I, I personally, uh, I, I feel bad. I, I haven't used it myself. Um, but it, it looks, I mean, it looks really great. Like what got you to, I guess, number one. Okay. So it's gonna, this, this'll be fun. Like, why didn't you mm-hmm. just make a shit coin? And number two, <laughs> and you know, and and I guess number two, you know, why why did you decide to go in this direction for for a Bitcoin business? Sweet. Um. So I actually wrote a um article in 2018 calling you know why we didn't ICO and um and 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 it did pretty well and like I I beat the shit out of ICOs at the time and all that sort of stuff and everyone thought I was crazy like fucking if you just do an ICO you'll raise 20 million dollars you know and you'll be sweet and um and and I just I just couldn't do it bro like I um. I guess um, for me, like the, the solution to um, buying Bitcoin for me or the solution to like, I've always viewed Bitcoin as this thing, which is, um, you know, 50 or a hundred years before it's time. Right. And we we're lucky enough that those of us who are curious enough or those of us have, you know, uh, experienced a bit of pain um, in order to understand what Bitcoin actually means. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky enough now to be getting in before the rest of the world fucking understands what this is or catches up. And, and the analogy that I always give to people, it's like, we're like this fucking random dude from, you know, 5,000 BC who found a nugget of gold and tried to trade it for a chicken and got laughed at because they're like, what the fuck am I going to do with this yellow rock? You know, I can't eat it. I can't drink it. I can't cook with it. I can't wear it. And, you know, he's got this big yellow nugget. And if he was somehow able to hold it for a couple thousand years, he would have been the richest person in the world, right? So it's like, you know, we, we, we are able to pick up a piece of Bitcoin now long, 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 long before the rest of the world understands it or is able to price it. And we're literally claiming territory um, before anyone else is. And, and for me, like, um, you know, I'm we talked about this uh, earlier before we jumped on the call, I think is, you know, my, or, or maybe we did it at the start of the call, like timing. I, I'm useless when it comes to timing, like really, really fucking bad. Like, you know, I, I'm good at knowing things are on their way and things are coming and stuff like that. But man, <laughs> like, you know, th- th- there's, a, there's a saying, I can't remember who said it. It's like, um, I can tell you what, but not when, um, or I can tell you when, but not what. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's so true, right? It's like, timing is like the one thing we'll never get right and i just thought that the best way to um to get some bitcoin would be to just to to dollar cost average and when i first started developing amber there was nothing like this on the market zero so like we we started the whole dca meme and fucking everyone sort of just started copying it really is obviously caught fire when matt odell and um you know termed the whole stacking sats thing oh and, yeah you know, that sort of really helped us um you know, drive the meme and now everyone's sort of trying to do dollar cost averaging. So, so that was always this, the, the thing with me. And, and in the early days, I mean, you know, when I was like, you know, call it 2017, when we was first putting the idea together, you know, the original intent was to sort of list Bitcoin, Ethereum and a couple other fucking coins. But the more I, the more I dug deeper, the more I realized that everything was fucking vaporware. And, you know, like the more, um, the more hardcore Bitcoin I became, um, because again, like mind you, I started, you know, really diving in in 2016 2017 so i quickly sort of um you know went into the ethereum rabbit hole and basically swam in shit and realized that it was all fucking you know the the dumbest idea possible 
and um and I got the fuck out of Dodge and um and we you know removed any notion of um you know doing anything with Ethereum or anything other than Bitcoin from the app and we just stuck with that and and I remember in the early days when we were first forming the company in 2017 like the ICO craze was fucking nuts right so oh, yeah. I started planning this out in 2017 and dude I was tempted like in in the early days I was tempted I was like fuck maybe I should do an ICO I'm just seeing all these morons raising money and what I did was, and I still remember this clearly, I, I printed out 20 white papers, like everything from Binance to this to that and all sorts of shit. And I went to um, Byron Bay for a weekend, just um, on like a mini holiday with some chick, right? And, um, you know, I just read the 20 white papers and I swear to God, my IQ probably dropped 30 points. Like I felt, I was reading this shit, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is the dumbest crap I've ever read, number one. Number two, there's no economic basis on any of this. And, like, I, I just, my blood was boiling. And I was like, these fuckers have raised hundreds of millions of dollars between the 20 white papers that I had in my hand for fucking nothing. And I came back and I said, over my dead body, will I do an ICO? Um, and, yeah, man, we just, we stuck to our guns. And I'll tell you what, like, there were moments where we thought we were going to fucking run out of the money because like whilst all these ICO monkeys were raising, you know, millions of dollars, you know, we struggled to raise our first 200 K and then like, it took me a year to raise our next million dollars. Like, and like I raised it in 2018 during the fucking bear market when everything was collapsing and everyone thought, you know, Bitcoin was coming to an end and I'm sitting there like trying to raise money out of people like via normal equity raise and everyone's laughing at me. And we somehow made it through 2018, like, like the last signature came in on December the 24th and we saved the company and got the money through. And like, oh dude, it was God. like a hard slug All yeah, dude, like seriously the day before fucking Christmas, the day before everyone disappeared, like we just made it through. And, um, and in 2019, we, um, you know, we, like I had one co-founder in the initial, in the initial team who was just a fucking piece of shit. And so I had to fire him and that nearly broke the company as well because it was early days. And, you know, he'd, he'd run off with a bunch of code and all this sort of crap. And so somehow through all this shit, like we made it, um, came into 2019, you know, tightened the team, had some capital, built the first version of the product, you know, really like the, the original version of the product was, um, you know, uh, it would take your spare change and it would round it up and convert it into Bitcoin. But what we found was that, um, that people didn't want to, you know, give that much access to their bank account because in order for us to do that, we'd need to see all their transactions. Yeah. So we kind of, we dumped that and we just went with straight up like, you know, set an amount and a frequency, you know, five bucks a day, 50 bucks a week, whatever the fuck you want and just stack sets. And since we've done that, you know, we've done really well, man. Like, I mean, we're not, we're not some, you know, like we're not making huge money. Like, you know, we're doing okay. We're still a young startup. There's only like, you know, seven of us in terms of the team and, you know, we're still growing. Um, and, you know, we've got a long way to go, but dude, I am so fucking happy that a, we stuck to our morals and our ethics in the first place. We didn't do no ICO. We didn't list any shit coins. We stayed fucking Bitcoin only, you know, we've produced Bitcoin only content. We've like really tried to like, we, we were the first like real Bitcoin only company in Australia and the first, dca bitcoin only business in the fucking world and you know i, I really want to like it, it makes me proud to like think about all of the shit that we went through and so many times like we, we got offers from the dash foundation from fucking litecoin from this from that from everyone giving us money to like list their shit coins and i was like fuck you fuck you fuck you to everyone um and we stuck to our guns and you know stayed bitcoin only from the from the beginning and now like you know coming out on the other end 
you know, now everyone's chasing and trying to be Bitcoin only. <laughs> That's like, right. See, so you were ahead of the trend, man. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I was ahead of that one. So I was ahead of that one. So is Amber app available in the US? Um, unfortunately, no, bro. Like, unfortunately, we're only in um, in Australia at the moment. Okay. Um, so my, you... my, I was going to say my whole Euro trip has been to like get us launched in Europe. But now, like, obviously, all of this pandemonium is occurring and like it was hard enough to get established in Europe as it was. Now, I don't know what the fuck, you know, it's going to look like over the next month or two as this whole lockdown happens. Um, US is still 100% on the list. Um, we're just going to have to be um, intelligent about how we do it. So we've got to we've got to look for states that are um, that are relatively friendly, so that we can take you know what we've built in Oz and bring it to the US without too much regulatory clusterfuck. Because as a startup, like the last thing I'm going to go and do is spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on fucking licenses. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I refuse to pay the parasites. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to go where we can with um, with limited friction and exactly. No, you should. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, the reality is. So, look, you, you've read the Sovereign Individual. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. so exactly. So, so have I. And 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 to be honest, where, where should people migrate to? They should migrate to the tax friendly zones, where mm-hmm. the where the services that they are offered are superior or equivalent value to what they're paying for. Hundred percent. So fuck them. You know, if it's yeah. like if you don't want to have if you don't want to have friendly terms that make it inviting for business and make people want to be a part of it, then you should be excluded and you should be irrelevant. That's you it. Know? That's it. I totally agree, so, man. Right on. Yeah, and 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 that's sort of the plan for Amber now, man. So I, I like I've got some. I'm I'm not going to announce what we're doing for Amber this year, but I'm I'm doing something that's going to make it the premier Bitcoin app in the world, where um. You know, for, for me, I, I want it to be the place where every Bitcoiner comes to stack. Um, and, and I've got a couple of things up my sleeve, dude, that I've been working, that like I've been planning it for shit since June last year. And, you know, we, we, we had to do another small little capital raise just to keep um, keep things going. Because obviously, you know, w- when you're when you're running a business where, you know, the average day, the average weekly purchase per user is 50 bucks, like you need to do a lot of volume to catch up to your costs. So, you know, we're, we're still not break even yet, but we're, you know, so we're in a good position, like, and, and particularly this last week, like we've done record volume. Like we did more in the last week than we have in the last two months combined. Um, That's amazing. Really, I know, dude, like I've been so happy with all of our users because what I'm seeing is like all of the education, all the emails, everything that we've been telling our users, like about buying Bitcoin, buying Bitcoin. Dude, we had so many purchases. Like I'm so fucking stoked with um, like Amber users are going to be, loving their lives at 12 months from now like they are going to be fucking swimming in it so i'm so happy about that but basically like we've just closed the small round again i can't announce um who we closed it with but it's a it's a pretty big vc um and what that means is we're going to be in a position now to to build out this next version of amber like it's going to be a premium version of amber and it's going to literally be geared towards um bitcoiners who want to stack um on mass um and really build up some volume and save some money so Fuck, bro. I, I can't wait. 2020 is going to be a big year. That is fantastic, man. That is awesome. Seriously. Thank you, man. Really, really cool. You know, I mean, I, I did uh, I did get to see what it looks like. So I, I know that the uh, the look of it is really nice and, you know, it's easy to use. So let me ask you this, though, because you said in the last week you, you've had more volume. So the last 48 hours, man, we've uh, we've shaken out some uh, some weak hands. 
Dude, we have, we have, and you know what? Am- Amber's proven. Amber's proven to have had some strong hands, man. Nice. <laughs> or at least most Amber users. I'm so impressed because, like, over over seventy percent of our users are first time Bitcoin buyers as well. So look like, at that strong noob hands. That that's dude, what we bro, need. That's what we need. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because because you know there was some there was some capitulation on Twitter, you know. We saw, I know, right? We we saw some criers. We did, we did, man. This this was um this was an incredible moment. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. To, to be honest, it caught me off guard, like completely. Like, um, you know, full, full disclosure, I had um when Bitcoin had hit six k or six and a half k a couple months ago, um, I'd I'd loaded up on Bitmex and I was just sitting in my longs, um, and I got fucking liquidated hard, bro. Oh. <laughs> Because I had no idea. Like I'm, I'm sitting here running around Europe trying to figure out how the fuck to get out of here because of Corona and all this sort of shit. So I had no idea. Oh and my God. you know, I um, I only logged in like I don't know yesterday or the day before or some shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Bitcoin hit like you know <laughs> six grand, five grand. I was like, oh god. Like you know, you get that sinking feeling. I was like, ah oh, crap. And I looked at my Bitmex and I was like completely 100% liquidated and lost the entire fucking account. I was like, oh man. Oh my God. Are you kidding me. So, so that was, that was the only downside of this, um, recent little dump, but Hey, shit happens. I mean, you know, I'm so sorry. I, ah, whatever. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's probably, it's probably going to hurt 10 years from now when Bitcoin's worth a, you know, a couple million dollars. I'm going to be like, well, yeah, I'll be telling my kids, I'll be like, your dad was ducking and dodging fucking coronavirus yeah. and he copped, he lost the whole Bitcoin. We got fucking liquidated. Yeah. Oh my hard. God. Yeah. It's, you know what? I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it is, it is, you know, it's tough to watch that. But at the same time, I, I feel when you have, you know, when you have the conviction levels that, you know, that we do, I, I mean, all, all I saw, all I saw as the price dropped was how do I get my funds from out oh, there dude. into here dude. as quickly as possible. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, it's happening again. Like it, it dude. becomes exciting. <laughs> I know, man. I was ready to fucking stand on a corner with my thumb out and just fucking bend over <laughs> and say, look, fucking 50 bucks a minute. <laughs> just give me money. Like I was going to sell my asshole just to try and get some Bitcoin, man, because that was like the buying opportunity of a lifetime. Anyone who was in cash just fucking set themselves up for life. Oh, yeah. It was a, I mean, you know, I, I always try to leave some dry powder on the side, you know, for, for days like that. And yeah. it was like, finally, it, it had paid off, you yeah, know, because well well a lot of times you start to think like you're just, you know, it, it's it's kind of that herd mentality, you know, where you just kind of think you're 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 wrong, you know, like you're sitting there and you're waiting with your cash and you're like, what if I'm what if I'm wrong? You yeah. know? Well, I mean, so. that, that, that's, that's exactly what I thought a couple of weeks ago. So I, I loaded up. I had fucking almost zero dry powder for this run, man. It pissed me off so much. But uh. anyway, it, it, it is what it is. You know, yeah, it's one exactly. of those things where, you know, whether, whether you're buying at, you know, four grand, five grand, six grand, ten grand at this point in time in five, ten years, as if it's going to matter. I, exactly. I, to me, uh, you know what? I think it's just a psychological thing. I just like I just like to buy it under 10k. 
I mean, I'll buy it over 10K, but I, I feel like the numbers, they, they it's like, you know, obviously, naturally, they look better when it's less. <laughs> well, it's, it's that. And then also, I think the other probably big benefit is like, you know, if you're buying at five, you can buy a two instead of buying one. And, and that actually makes a major, major difference later. Um, it, it does. So, yeah. So it's not the absolute difference in the number. It's the it's the quantity of Bitcoin that you can pick up. And, and that's sort of probably the part that shits me the most in terms of, you know, wh where I was over the, these last couple of days. But um, hey, you know what? You, you you win some, you lose some. So I was good on the timing with Amber. I was bad on the timing <laughs> with my personal situation. So it's whatever. okay. It should it should balance out, and and Amber should strive. You know, indeed, indeed. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on to uh, you. Also, you're the editor of the Bitcoin Times, and yep. I again I I don't know very much about the Bitcoin Times. I know you and I spoke just before the uh, the uh, you know the uh, the recording that it's it's more long reads so mm -hmm. i don't know if you want to dive into that and just kind of explain more what that is yeah for sure so i mean me being the editor i just pulled that fucking title out of my ass because i didn't know what else to call myself but <laughs> where, where, where it all started was um so there was there's these uh, capital raising conferences in australia that happen run by a company called wholesale investor and, and they basically put on you know a couple events a year where they you know they bring startups and companies looking to raise capital and you know it, it's startups that are looking to raise 100 grand all the way through to companies that are raising you know 10 20 million in private equity so it's like a whole range of things and um and, and they sort of jumped on the whole ico bandwagon in 2017 and they had a but like i remember one of the events was like um i don't know it was it was some like you know emerging companies capital raising event and out of the 20 companies that were there um 19 of them were doing icos um, and none of them had anything to do with like Bitcoin or crypto. They were just like morons just slapping tokens on whatever fucking idea they had. <laughs> and I was the only Bitcoin company and I was not doing an ICO. It was just so like, it was so weird, man, being there. And anyway, like I get my, you know, uh, I had some time to get up and give my talk and you know, the pitch for Amber, which was one part, but they also uh, um, let me on the stage to give a half an hour educational talk on, on Bitcoin. And dude, I like, I, you know, I gave the whole talk, you know, the, the education of like, you know, how money started and, you know, what it is and, you know, um, and, and really just drove the Bitcoin point home. But I spent the last 10 minutes like beating the shit out of the idea of ICOs and holy crap, did I like, I completely bifurcated the, um, the, the audience, like half the audience was like cheering, like being like, holy shit, this is the first person who's gotten up today who's like said something truthful that makes sense instead of trying to flog us some fucking shit coin um, and then the other half of the room was all these people that were there raising money for their shit coin and like i remember I one you. guy pulled me aside when i walked off the stage he's like do you know how much money you just cost me and i was like eat shit <laughs> yeah it's like fuck you dude exactly it's exactly what i told him he was just like oh you know that, that's you can't just do that you know i was like well, fuck you oh but and, but um, but he can shill shit though right yeah exactly right and <laughs> and um and I remember the organizers of the event, they're like, oh, you know, you, we can't believe you did that and all this sort of shit. And I'm like, look, you go talk to some of your fucking, um, you know, audience members and ask them what the best talk of the day was. And, you know, the, the organizers were pissed off at me originally, but then afterwards, you know, I got an email back from like the week later and they're like, okay, you got the best feedback out of um, every, you know, most of the participants. And he said, you know, there's a couple of companies that were annoyed about some of the things you said, but, you know, th thank you for coming. Thank you for giving your talk. Um, and I was like, yeah, sweet. So, so this was in 2017. Hmm. A year later, they, they were running their next event. And so, so this is the genesis story of Bitcoin Times, by the way. So, so, I'm cool. so a year later, they, um, 
they invite me again. And this time, like, obviously the whole ICO bubble popped and, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, now, now they're running a, a, a quote unquote blockchain event. Um, and they were like, oh, you know, Alex, you know, we, we've got a slot. We're looking for another speaker to come and give a talk um, about blockchain. And, I'll, and they were like, um, would you like to do that? Because we know you didn't like ICOs last year, but, you know, blockchain something else. And I'm like, well, look, blockchain's a total load of shit as well. They're like, uh-oh. And they're like, look, do you want to do a talk? Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll do a talk. And they're like, but 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 you cannot do what you did last year. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> so, so you're not allowed to tell the truth. <laughs> exactly right. So I um I start putting together this fucking rant. Um, and my rant is that so so the title of my talk is, um, blockchain is dead. The future is on lightning. <laughs> and I put this talk together and it just beats this shit out of blockchain this time. And, and I don't show them the content, but I, I sent them the, um, the headline and they're like having heart palpitations. Like, no, 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 you can't say this blockchain is dead. They're like the main sponsor of the event, a blockchain company. And I was like, look, you're getting, I said, you're, you're doing the same thing you did fucking last year with ICOs and you're listening to me. They're like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. So we sat there arguing for a week and they made me change the title of the slide to, um, how lightning will deliver on blockchain's promise and i was like yeah okay fine so anyway so, so, I, so i go into this event and unbeknownst to them in the slides so the first opening slide i i called it you know how lightning is delivering on blockchain's promise but then the next slide i put a big fucking cross on that and then um the third slide is the real name of this presentation which is blockchain is dead the future of something nice <laughs> and oh man this this was a half an hour talk like that was just like set the room on fire man like people were fucking laughing their ass off and i still remember like when, when that third slide came up the organizer was in the back of the room and his face just went white because <laughs> i said you know i was like look steve the organizer wanted me to you know do a softer talk but um i was like i lied <laughs> in like nice. an arnold voice you know, from, um, <laughs> yeah from commando where he of course <laughs> where he dropped sully <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> i lied, I lied. <laughs> so, and um and you know i proceeded mm. to give the talk but see the where where bitcoin times comes into this was when i was um when i was preparing the talk like i had a half an hour talk and dude i wrote so much content the shit just flew out of me like flowed out of me and i had about four hours worth and i was like what the fuck am i gonna do with all this content it's gold and um, one of, one of um, my, my girlfriend at the time was also like a staff member at Amber at the time. She was like, oh, why don't we turn it into a PDF and hand it out on the day? I was like, fuck, that's a good idea. So we started like formatting into this little booklet. And then she came up with this idea of like turning it into like a little, um, kind of like a little newspaper type, you know, looking, you know, handout. And yeah, man, we, 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 we basically stayed up for 72 hours prior to the event because me in my classic, like, fucking leave shit till the last minute, you know, had to put the presentation together and then a PDF and everything together, like, last minute before the event, plus my, plus the fucking pitch that I was giving for Amber. So it was, like, all happening at once. But the Bitcoin Times just turned into this, um, you know, this awesome 30, 40-page PDF with, like, you know, chapters like the opening chapter was, um, you know, blockchain's broken promise and breaking the blockchain. And then, you know, I came up with a term for immutability as a service around Bitcoin and, you know, how Bitcoin will deliver on the shit that, you know, blockchain will never fucking stand up to. And like, so I went through this whole fucking expose and man, I got such a good reception. I, I, I 
popped it up on Twitter. A bunch of people loved it. And then I came up with this idea of like, I was like, shit, maybe I should do something with this. And, you know, once or twice a year, bring together like the best minds that I know in Bitcoin and get them to write some long form essays on different, you know, topics in and around Bitcoin that we can, um, that we can publish. And, and the idea at some stage, what once, you know, I kind of settle myself will be to do limited edition print runs of these that are each signed. Um, and, you know, we, we might just print 2,100 of each, right. And sell them for fucking sats and people can keep them as a collector's item, you know, which is a bit of Bitcoin literature that will never be printed ever again. Um, but we'll stand the test of time so that when people look back on it 50, years from now, they'll be like, Holy fuck, these guys had their heads screwed on. And, you know, the, the first edition I did myself and the second one, which we released right at the end of last year, had um, me, Nick Carter, Dan Held, Gigi, Haas McCook, um, wow. had Robert Breedlove, uh, Connor Brown and Rory Highside. Like, so it was all eight of us. And dude, there is some fucking phenomenal pieces in there. Like, so Gigi did one about entropy. Robert Breedlove did one about like time. Uh, Haas did one about, you know, uh, Bitcoin as a religion. Um, Connor Brown did, you know, uh, stop calling Bitcoin deflationary. Um, Nick Carter did sort of a variation on his, if you remember, um, the Peaceful Revolution. So he did a yes. variation of that called The Cat is Out of the Bag, which is fucking phenomenal. Um, Dan Hill did one of the, the information um, theory of money. And then I did what I believe is my, oh, sorry, uh, Rory did one on um, Bitcoin proof of work and energy sort of goes into like the dynamics about, you know, how universal laws of um, thermodynamics function and how that ties into, you know, Bitcoin as a, um, as this new form of, um, you know, fucking metabolic, um, energetic fucking phenomena that, you know, transforms time and energy into a unit that we can, you know, build economics from is fucking such a good piece and then i did like i said what i believe is my best piece that i've ever written is called um the rise of the individual the fall of the state and it's like a full-on anarchist like fucking beat the shit out of collectivist socialist morons um with a bit of with a hint of sovereign individual like it, it is it is my best piece that i've ever written so i put that in there and dude it's it's 110 pages this thing but it's i i think it's the um and not to blow smoke up mass, but I think it's the most important bit of Bitcoin work that's um that's ever been compiled. Um, it's the so, the magnum opus. It, it really is. You for, know? for 2019, for, for this decade, I, I think it's the um the creme de la creme. So like, I know I'm sounding like an arrogant fuck because there's a lot of good work out there, but dude, I highly recommend the read. And anyone who's listening, fucking get on this. It's it's such so, a good piece. I mean, anybody who knows anything about Bitcoin, um, the names that you just listed, like. I mean that that is right there. Some you know that there's incredible quality work that that came out. So I, I personally, I, I don't think it's, uh, I, I don't think it's arrogant, you know. Thanks, bro. So, <laughs> so I, I'm like I'm I'm super excited, and uh, I, I actually did um, I actually did start to read um, the uh, the last piece that you wrote, uh, the rise of the individual. So because uh, mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. I wanted to go and take a look at some of your work. So I, I'm actually yep. in the middle of reading that. So, awesome. yeah, so obviously I'm going to put a link, you know, in the show notes to, uh, you know, to the Bitcoin times, yep. um, you know, it's uh, it, so everybody can uh, can check that out. 
for sure. I think it's fantastic. And it's interesting, you, you mentioned Rory. A lot of people don't, I, I think that there's like a lot of people that don't know Rory, but Rory's like an excellent Bitcoin maximalist that is, really does like a lot of research and stuff and finds like, finds out about ultra scams and exposes them. Like he's, he's like a, he's like a quiet dude, you know, but really does Rory's, like some what background Rory's a work. fucking legend, man. Rory's <laughs> a fucking legend. So he, he's also from Australia and me and him have sort of been like, the two like hardcore plebs down there, like you got Stefan Levera and um, you know, he, he's cool and you obviously got Haas and all that sort of stuff. But I think me and Rory really, really get along because we've always just been like, just brutal, bro. Like, you know, we just go after, we go for the jugular on everyone, man. And um, but me and Rory actually wrote a piece together um, called, um, it, it was, uh, it was called the uh, submission to treasury for ICOs. And we together, um, I think, um, diverted Australian policy on ICOs because Australia was going to let ICOs fly and um, our piece, we submitted it to Treasury and we, I'm pretty sure, fucking almost single-handedly put a fucking nail in the coffin to ICOs in Australia forever. Um, because oh. We, yeah, dude, like, because it, it went viral in... Um, Plot thickens. In, yeah, dude, it's... Um, so it's 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 a hilarious read. Like if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna read something that you'll like piss yourself laughing at, but that just has some really sharp thinking. Me and him came together. We got like these. We covered the six areas, which basically position any fucking token sale, any ICO, anything like that, as just a downright fucking scam. There is no exception, um, and it, it's just it's just a brutal, brutal, brutal piece, man. So I um, highly recommend a read of that as well. Very cool. Um- if you could provide me a link for that, I will put that in the show notes. 100%. That is awesome. So, man, the uh, the hour freaking flew by. It was, uh, it was really, really awesome to uh, to chat with you. Um, yeah, man. Do you have any uh, any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners? I guess um, not really, man. I mean, I you know the the journey continues. I think you know not not just me, but obviously for all of us. Um, I think. It's um it's a fucking crazy time to be alive. Um, you know, I'm I'm personally hoping that um this whole corona shit kind of um peaks quickly. I, I mean, I, you know, in, in one sense, I'm also you know, there's there's a part of me, and I, and I don't know if this is insane, but like the idea that it's likely gonna spread everywhere, and we're gonna have to develop a herd immunity to it anyway, kind of makes me think that you know, you know, at, at some point, you know, maybe we all have to like get it but I, I don't know i have i haven't done enough reading or thinking about that shit yet so you know i'm, I'm sort of hopeful that this shit blows over and then we can sort of get back on to thinking about how to um you know all individually establish ourselves and um and do some important shit um so is coronavirus good for bitcoin <laughs> well I mean, i've been thinking about this for the last couple of days more. <laughs> you know I, I don't know, man. I think it's good for those of us who really want to um, stack more. But um, I mean, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? What's your What's your thoughts around it? It's It's kind of like I mean, obviously, it's you know, obviously, it's bad because it's a you know, because because it's the coronavirus. But mm-hmm. I, I think that in terms of like you know, these types of situations always do create opportunities. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, it's it's the double edged sword, right? You know, the the same sword that's used to protect is used to attack. I, I mean, it's Indeed. so I, I think, yeah, you, to your point, you know, it's for those of us, like for people that panic sold for whatever stupid reason. Hey, guess what? We just bought your bags. So 
Thanks. <laughs> yep. 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 Hundred percent. All right, man. So look, uh, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really, really appreciate it. Hundred percent, man. Really, really appreciate you having me on as well, bro. And that I look. Was, um, that was a good chat. Cool. Cool. I look forward to having you on again. Definitely, bro. Take care, man. You too. Cheers. See, you, bro. Definitely one of my favorite conversations and one of my favorite people to speak to. I always go back and forth with Alex on, on Twitter. I totally love his humor and, and his, his angle. Anyways, um, all of the details will be in the show notes uh, and as well as his uh, Twitter contact detail. And of course, if you want to reach me, as always, on Telegram or Twitter, I'm at Coinicarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am Coinicarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Stay safe, don't freak out and get too bored, and I'll catch you all next time.